Hey, what's up, everybody? This is an open discussion with C3 Films. My name is Chris, and this is... Cheryl. And today we're going to be talking about the movie Moonlight. So if you haven't seen it, it is on Max right now. It is an Oscar winner. It is a good movie. We are going to spoil the movie here. So if you haven't seen it, go check it out there. And then come back to us and see what we had to say about it. But let's go ahead and jump right in. So Moonlight, Mahershala Ali... Uh, Ashton Sanders, and I forget um, some of the other actors that are in here, but this is a movie that you could say, I think most people would argue, is a very important film. And it's important because how it challenges the idea of masculinity. It's important because it portrays a story that we might not see as often, um, like depicted in media from a ethnic group of people that normally we don't see this type of story portrayed in as well. So there's a lot of different things that the movie is touching on that we don't normally get to experience when we go and see stories about like this community. So right off the bat, the movie is touching like some pretty sensitive, but also very important ground. Um, I knew what the movie was about before going into it because everyone was talking about the movie. I just hadn't gotten to see it yet. And I worked with the kid whose name is Ashton Sanders, who is the middle actor for Chiron. And um, and I knew that he was in that movie when I worked with him, but I still hadn't seen it. Having seen it now, I can say he's a great actor. And like he was great in the movie that we worked on together, and I knew that. Um, but going back to see the movie he worked on before he worked on the movie with me, it's, it's crazy. It's, he's, I think all the actors that they got to play the different ages for Chiron, um, was great. Like, I think that they all did a phenomenal job. They all felt like the same character, even though they were portrayed by different people and there's supposed to be different ages of that same character. It still felt like the same person. I think that's the case for most of the actors that got um, multiple versions of themselves. Kevin's another one that had multiple actors that played him, and I think that he really felt the same too. So I think that they did a very good job of making sure that you had the consistency of those characters throughout this this long generation spanning story. And I just and Mahershala Ali is in this film as well, and. I, I didn't know what his character was going to be in this movie when I first saw it. When I heard about the movie, I thought that he was going to be a jerk. I thought that in the story, he was going to be this guy that kind of was hard on this kid and made the kid's life harder and was trying to get him into some bad things. So I was pleasantly surprised to find out that he was just a caring person that just wanted to look out for this kid who just seemed like he was alone. like. That just caught me so off guard, but it made me like feel so happy to the point that when I, I realized he's not in the rest of the movie, I felt like I was missing something. But that's something we can go into later. Yeah, no, I was I was really bummed about... Um, I'm not exactly sure about the choice of why they decided to kill off his character. Um, but... Probably because they couldn't afford him. <laughs> 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 Maybe, I don't know. Um, I mean, it didn't serve or deserve the movie too much, um, mainly because the, the film was being carried by the main character. Um, and I think that 
they did a really good job making sure that the focus was still on him. So, um, I mean, normally I don't really like the format of, you know, having titles that break up your, your chapters. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, but I think, you know, sometimes they can be done tastefully. I do like, um, some of the stuff that Quentin Tarantino has done. He likes to do that kind of stuff in his movies. Um, uh, but then there's also other types where I really hated it. Like, um, what's his name? The guy who did Justice League, <laughs> Zack Snyder. Um, distasteful. But uh, I, I actually really liked it. I, uh, I liked the choice. At, at first I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to like it. And then I also didn't like the time jump. But then after watching the movie as a whole... I I was like, actually, I really liked it because we really got to follow this character's journey through his life in the different stages of his life. And I thought it was a very important story to tell it that way because it's not just about a moment in time. It's about no. like an experience that one can have in their lifetime. And it's not just about homosexuality. It's about poverty. It's about having hardships and relationships, uh, whether or not they are uh, homosexual or not. It, I mean, a lot of how I saw it, especially towards the end, is that it's not necessarily um, isolated events for someone who is gay. In the sense mm -hmm. that, like, I experienced these kind of feelings, too, when I was younger and I had feelings towards other people. Um, you know, for me, it would be uh, for a guy. But there's still feelings that everybody has or, like, not everybody, but, you know, a lot of mm -hmm. majority of people, people do have. have. Yeah. So it's, it's not like I felt like I couldn't relate to the feelings that he was feeling. So... Um, I really appreciated that they were able to do that. Um, and oh man, I can go on and on about it, but one of the things I wanted to point out about the um, the way that they broke up the chapters, um, and I thought it was really clever because you know, first it starts with him being uh, it's it's called Little. Everyone calls him Little. Yeah. And then uh, it becomes uh, uh, how do you pronounce it? Chiron. 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 I can't, I can't remember now. Chiron, I thought. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, because that's, that's how he, uh, went by, you know, as a teenager in the middle of his life. And then when he gets older, it's black. They call him black yeah. because that's what Kevin called him. And Kevin was his, um, you know, someone that was special to him. And so he kept that name in his adulthood black. And I thought, that it was such an interesting way to not just break up the story and like, you know, just really um, uh, point blankly say like, this is what he goes by, but it's also a way of saying how he identifies. And this movie is a lot about identity. Um, and in each chapter, how he identifies is very different from the chapter before, even though he's the same person and his feelings are the same, but it's just how his identity changes through his life experiences. 
Yeah, and it's about him discovering who he is. Yes. So, and I think that that's like a very strong element of the movie. There's a lot. I mean, we could also talk about the cinematography, how a lot of the film is done with these kind of single takes and these long takes where the camera just is placed or is held and then they let like an action or a scene play out and then there are minimal cuts in some of these scenes and there's an there's kind of there's this kind of energy that isn't like kinetic or or hyper it's kind of um low and withdrawn in many ways it feels like the energy is kind of melancholy and you kind of feel the plight of him you kind of feel what some of the other people in this community are going through and characters are layered they feel like even though this is something that i've been saying and that's something i think people know but don't always connect with is that you can have bad people that do good things or good people that do bad things and juan um who is somebody who ends up finding sharon and you know when sharon is hiding from this group of bullies that want to um attack him he finds him and he doesn't just leave the kid there he tries to help him and he takes him back takes him to get some food takes him back to his house tries to get him to talk lets him meet teresa his girlfriend and they you get the sense that they actually care about this kid and but at the same time, the first scene that we see with Juan is him talking to somebody that he's using to sell drugs. And he actively sells drugs. And, um, and Sharon's mom is on drugs. And you get that really quick. Like, he is somebody that is not loved. And he doesn't want to be home because he is in kind of a broken household. And so it's kind of beautiful how Juan and Teresa kind of take this kid in in order to support him. And one of my favorite scenes in the movie is this kind of recognition of what is going on and what everyone is doing. When Juan and um, Sharon are sitting at a table, this is when he's still a kid, a young kid, and he asks, he asks Juan to tell him what a, a slur is, the slur that he's called in the movie. And in that moment, you get the feeling that Juan and Teresa don't care about whatever his sexual orientation is. They just care about this kid. So right off the bat, you're like, all right, these, these two really are good people. But then as it keeps going in the scene, you hear how Teron starts making, drawing these connections and he starts asking, wait, do you sell drugs? And you can see that Juan doesn't want to admit it. He says yes. And then the next question is, is my mom on drugs? And he answers yes. And now he knows that this person that cares about him is actively being a part of the negativity that he is experiencing in his own life, even though there's, he's still offering him positivity as well. And then it's just silent and Chiron gets up and he just leaves. And then it cuts to black and then we and then that's the scene and it's such an amazing moment it's well acted and it's all you get that feeling through just their emotions you get their feeling through their minimal actions you can feel how disappointed juan is in himself 
in that at that moment because he knows that he is actively doing something that is leading to harm for this kid but it's something that he feels like he has to do in order to to keep going because even when he's confronted by the mother at some point he he doesn't stop it's like he's upset but he still is going to do what he's got to do so it's a very layered and um impactful and messy situation and it's great that's like one of the great things about the movie yeah and i honestly the 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 kid that played um sharon in the beginning when he's a little boy it's so good that the acting is so good i was so impressed like because he's so young yeah but he did such a great job you know really making me feel like he's really like this is a real person experiencing these really complex feelings about like questioning his sexuality like how would i know if Mm. if i'm gay or not um and that kind of you know i like i don't think i can talk about this movie without talking about the cinematography because it does so much for the movie it's you know without the style and the choices that they made for the movie uh, with the camera i think it really would it would be a completely different movie if they didn't shoot it the way they did because um the way it was shot really evokes feeling it like mm-hmm. it makes you feel a certain way like first of all there's a lot of close-ups so you know you can feel a little bit claustrophobic but how that made me feel was like um probably how he felt like just wanting to get out of here like wanting to be free from this life these constraints these uh limitations of you know uh, you know even his just his sexuality and his um his home circumstances and everything um so there's a lot of that uh and then there's like the scene where he's wrestling with kevin uh when they're kids and like the 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 shots are all just like very close up uh that where mm. to a point where you can only really see body parts and even though they're kids and you know they don't they aren't necessarily doing anything sexual they're they're just kids and they're wrestling but it's really just kind of pointing out the beginning of them discovering who they are and what their feelings are like they're figuring things out they're kids so the other thing that i want to say about the cinematography is i know that um that whoever made this movie (laughs) there was inspiration drawn from Wong Kar Wai. From Wong Kar and, 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 like, I haven't seen the live, only seen In the Mood for Love by Wong Kar Wai. I know it's, like, kind of shameful that I haven't seen more. Um, but the vibe that I, that I get, and I, I didn't just watch In the Mood for Love for fun. I watched it in study. And so mm-hmm. one of the things that really stood out to me was the cinematography. So... And, and the reason why I feel like it's it's so um, relatable is because a lot of it, a lot of the cinematography choices from Wong Kar Wai movies, especially in the mood for love, is that 
the choices were made in a way to make you feel disconnected and isolated. Um, and that's done by like, you know, having a frame in a frame where you're like outside looking in or, you know, there's some obstruction. So for example, uh, when one is um, teaching Sharon how to swim in the ocean, mm-hmm. you, the camera's half in the water the water, entire yeah. time. So like, like that could have easily be shot, shot like so many different ways, but the fact that you can only see half of the screen because half of it is in water makes you feel like you're separated. Um, like mm-hmm. there's just you're just removed a little bit, and this happens throughout the movie so many times. Like even when we're having this intimate moment on the beach when they're teenagers, um, when they're just talking, even. Uh, there's a lot of shots from like behind the person where normally we would see the other way around. Um, mm-hmm. We're just seeing a lot of shoulders and uh, the backs of people's heads, and like that's all so intentional, and uh, it it really makes a big impact on me. Um, and just to yeah. point out really quick, um, I I believe that uh, Wong Kar Wai was also inspired by one of my favorite uh fine art painters edward hopper who did the nighthawks the um cap the painting of the cafe i'm sure you've all seen it before but um his paintings are all the same thing composition is all about loneliness and making the characters in the paintings feel look and feel lonely lots of framing separation with lines looking from outside the windows and stuff like that so it all just kind of like it's like a train of inspiration and i love it i love it yeah (laughs) it's like yeah that's how it kind of works with everybody like inspires each other even like even in animation which is a whole nother story for another time but going off of what you said when it comes to how the framing and how things are shot even scenes where the guy who talks to kevin and says i want you to punch somebody that i pick out and when he comes out of the building and the camera kind of just follows him as he's kind of like walking and scoping out and the camera just stays with him the entire time as he's just walking and like just and he's bumping into people and stuff like that before it finally lands uh on on Kevin, and then then we finally get a cut, and it's to uh, Sharon, and it's like, I want you to hit that guy. And that's like a very big moment in the film, because it's after they've shared this intimate moment with one another, and they, ha- they understand who they both are, and they're able to just kind of accept each other. And now, because of the fact that they're kids, and you know, they they want to be accepted. And in this case, Kevin wants to be accepted by this other person, doesn't want to be, like, called out in, in this moment and have something bad happen to him, potentially. He acts on it. And I love how the... How, I love how Sharon just doesn't let it go. He's like, all right, well, if you're going to do this, then, you know, I'm going to keep standing up. I'm going to make sure you understand what you're doing. And, you know, and he could tell Kevin doesn't want to do it. Kevin do- And Kevin knows he doesn't want to do it, which is why he tries to tell Sharon to stay down. But he doesn't. It's important. He's going to stand up for himself. He's going to stand in this moment, even though you keep knocking him down, because he wants you to know what you're doing. 
and it's a really powerful scene and it's really heartbreaking as well because these are two characters that really do care about each other and have cared about each other uh, throughout the course of this entire story and then it's exact it's like this and a couple other things that just lead to that breaking point where you can only push someone so hard before they push back and then you know when that moment comes when he goes and he finds the kid and breaks a chair on the kid's back like he had enough he had been terrorized by this kid and kids like him for most of his life and it's just and then after that is when we see him as an adult and he's coming out after you know being in prison and now he's like doing what Juan used to do pushing drugs and things like that and his life just took a completely different trajectory and it's all because of a lack of love that he had in his life he didn't have love from his mother he didn't have he lost the love from his friend and he lost the love from Juan because Juan passed away and even then when he passed away the way this story subtly tells you is you have this moment when he goes and you see Teresa he sees Teresa as a teenager and Juan you're like wait where is Juan because he's not there in the scene and she makes mention of how him and Juan are thick like you know thick as thieves and they kind of have a silent moment and you're like oh wait is he dead then the next scene when he's going home his mom says I haven't seen Teresa since the funeral you're like wait whose funeral and then they finally come out and they say oh yeah you used to be like Juan right that was Teresa's man like he's been dead for a couple of years he's been dead for a minute now right and they never tell you how he died they don't tell you what happened um in many ways it's not important the most important thing about that is just that he lost someone else that loved him mm-hmm. and so the absence of love kind of led him to where he ends up it's just really powerful yeah, and I think that's also um, another big thing that I appreciate is that just being able to see the, the you know the cause and effect of of poverty, mm-hmm. um, and and that's also something that we that's a reality that we don't get to see enough in films. Like it's just not exposed, and I thought it was like I mean it was sad, but I thought that it was great to see this. Um, in, in a film and to have it also be about like just a regular guy you know mm-hmm. like I know he's you know framed as uh, a homosexual but he's also really for the majority of the film like just he does regular people stuff and that's what homosexuals also do just they're regular people and like they're not very different from everyone else and i thought the way that it was shown in the movie was like really powerful and i um i just really appreciated that it was shown that way um and one of the things like you know uh i guess we could talk about the ending now um (laughs) and how it ends with uh you know in adulthood when um when uh he he gets a call from kevin and then he goes he just shows up and he visits him and then they have you know these really long conversations about like them kind of just catching up and like the whole time i'm like it kind of turned into like a romance film for me where i'm just like are they gonna get back together are they gonna talk about their feelings for each other and like what's gonna happen with their relationship after this and then like oh he has a son kevin has a son he had a son Mm -hmm. uh, with samantha a woman obviously so we're like oh okay well maybe you know that wasn't like a real thing and so if this isn't gonna end 
very well for our main character and then we just have to like you know accept you know it's a it is another reality that i think a lot of um gay people face is like you know um it's like harder to tell i think you know whether or not a person is gay or not so and then on top of that harder to tell whether or not someone that you have feelings for also has feelings for you so uh, there was a lot going on there for me but um one of the things that i really loved actually was the way that it ended where um yeah and where they're just uh you know he just comes out and he says like i've never been with anyone else in that Mm -hmm. way um and then it it ends with them you know um cuddling together which i thought was sweet and that like that's just how it ends and i'm like that's perfect that's all i needed to see i didn't need any sex scenes i didn't need to experience any of that like i thought that that maybe they would have done that to challenge us as a viewer to be like can you handle it can you handle seeing like two men on screen being intimate with each other like physically and stuff like that and and like while i feel like that challenge for an audience is you know sometimes necessary i think it's a good thing for people to be exposed to and seeing those kind of things so that it would be easier for like people in reality to be more accepting of those actions Mm -hmm. but at the same time like we didn't need it like that's not what this movie was about it was a coming of age film it was um completely about this um guy who is discovering himself who needs to accept himself and like for who he is and open up uh, to who he really is truly as a person and his relationship with this guy that he has known as since he was a child so i thought it was a perfect ending like i didn't need all of that like it ended like perfectly for me yeah and then i think it's because i think it still ends with intimacy it's just not a sexual intimacy right Mm -hmm. it is still a physical intimacy because it is being held it is what does it mean to just have someone you care about just cuddle with you and rub your head Mm -hmm. and i think that's also important not just for you know in the context of two men that love each other but just even just being men in general and like this is something that obviously um, most straight men would not do but I think it's something to be said about how sometimes people just need intimacy and like no matter who you are and it doesn't have to be sexual sometimes it is enough to just be held and that's what I love about that moment so yeah, yeah. no I think I think <laughs> that I think that the movie is phenomenal. I think that it is worth all the accolades that it that it has. Um, talking about this movie, just <laughs> speak for yourself. I am a hugger. <laughs> oh, it's good to know. Um, but yeah, like, so I just I don't know, man. Um, I think that it definitely hits all the right all the right notes. I think that the message that it has to 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 share is one that is it needs to be heard i know that there will be people out here it's what's one of the interesting things about this movie is that there is a kind of subtext um uh uh for the movie on the community that it's also portraying because there are 
a lot of people within that community that wouldn't even watch this movie because of the subject matter and would treat it the same way some of the the people in the film were treating Chiron. You know, that's a very real thing. Like, if you've been around this community before, if you've, like, grown up in it, you've heard these, this, these words before, you've heard the speech. I would even argue that there's not even something that's unique to this community. I think that it's been unique to a lot of communities growing up in the 90s specifically. Like, we all heard all the words. We all were called certain things, whether it was true or not. So, you know, I think that the movie existing in this context in a way to not only challenge um, people as a whole, but even to challenge the community that this movie is taking place in is something that is also important and is definitely something that I am happy does exist. Yes, it was a, a movie full of sensitive topics done very tastefully. Yeah, absolutely. So anyways, this movie drained a lot out of me for multiple reasons, but I've said most of what I needed to say. Is there anything else that you need to say? Uh, nope, those were the most important things to me. All right, so we're going to go ahead and get out of here. If you guys want to hear us talk about more, you can check us out on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash c3films. It'd be great to see you over there. But what do you guys think about Moonlight? Have you seen it? Have you not? Do you want to see it now because of how we've talked about it? Did you think that it was an Oscar-worthy film, or do you think that it was kind of just all right? Whatever you thought about it, comment below. Let us know. And while you're down there, if you go to like, share, or subscribe, even if you don't, though, I have been Chris, and this has been... Cheryl, and thanks for listening to us talk about La La Land. I mean, uh, Moonlight.